No live organism can continue for long to exist sanely under conditions of absolute reality. Even larks and cadids are supposed, by some, to dream. Hill House, not sane, stood by itself against its hills, holding darkness within. It had stood for 80 years and might stand for 80 more. Within its walls continued upright, bricks met neatly, floors were firm, and doors were sensibly shut. Silence lay steadily against the wood and stone of Hill House and whatever walked there, walked alone. That was the first paragraph from Shirley Jackson's The Haunting of Hill House. Welcome to Coffin Talks Book Club. Ooh, yay! yay! Book Club, opening book. Dottie and I decided, since we love books so much, and we like a little horror and death mixed in, that we would start a book club. Every once in a while, we are going to record an episode shorter than our usual, and discuss a book that we've both read. And we'll try to get ahead of the curve and list what we're reading too, so that by the time the episode's released, you can also join us in Ooh. commenting on our posts and talking about it uh, with your friends. That's a great idea. I love I love the, the forewarning, because we will be discussing spoilers. Yes. So for the first episode, we're just going to go ahead and talk a little bit about Hill House. And if you have a Red Hill House, Dottie and I highly suggest it. Um, Dottie has taught a class where she did this book, and I've recently read it for the first time ever, surprisingly. Um, so with that, grab yourselves a cup of coffee. Let's have some Coffin Talk book club chat. Okay, I'm excited. I'm excited too. <laughs> the Haunting of Hill House. This is such a, a great book, um, and... I loved it because there's multiple interpretations that you could have about mm -hmm. this book. When I taught it, my students had all different ideas about what was actually going on in the house. So like little synopsis, this is the classic, you know, um, this is the classic setup for uh, so many horror movies that have come after The Haunting of Hill House have taken this like setup of throw a bunch of people in a house, the house is haunting, haunted, let's see what happens. And you even mentioned right before we were doing this that there's like the classic mix of characters, right? Yep. Yes, like we're going to throw people together from all different backgrounds and all different types of personalities. You usually have like the one that might be a little naive, you might have the one that's adventurous, let's do this, then you'll have... Usually, unfortunately, it's a female stereotype of one who likes to flirt maybe with everybody. <laughs> then you have the host of these things. Who the is doctor. The doctor or rich eccentric that wants to see mm -hmm. who can survive. Mm -hmm. You have to you have to have a, a, the smart aleck. This, the person who thinks that right. they have all the scientific knowledge and will put things in the um, banal scientific terms. And this is Dr. Montague in this, yeah. Yes. And... What what have, have we missed anyone? I don't really like talking about Luke. Luke's just boring to me. Right. So you have <laughs> you have Doctor Montague. You have Luke. You have Theodora, mm -hmm. and you have Eleanor. Eleanor as your main characters. You also have in the house the keepers. Oh yes. Those um, the two servants left who maintain the house, kind of. Um, you find out in the beginning that they once it gets dark they do not stay. Yes, and there's there's something very robotic 
about the keepers. Yes. I, I love them because, you know, they repeat lines and it sort of seems like they're possessed by the house. I kind of, I didn't get the possessed feeling. I more got the, I need to do this. Mm-hmm. You need to listen to me. I'm going to get this done. This is my rote speech. I need, I'm out of here. Yes. I need to leave because this house is crazy. Okay. I like that. In more or less terms. That's how I read it as I'm doing my job. I'm leaving when my job is done. I do not want to be here at night. Okay. I sort of read them as puppets, but I can really, really see that too. Yeah. Kind of like we're keeping grounds. Maybe they're getting paid really well. So they're doing what they need to. I don't know that they they are. And they peace out. (laughs) (laughs) They seem a little bit plain. I I don't know. Why would you you take this job? (laughs) I said, again, it's amazing. Maybe if they're getting paid well enough, they'll deal with mostly anything. So... Let's get into it a little bit. We're yeah. not going to be like crazy discussion, um, but we just want to bring up some highlights and discuss it. And um, hopefully sure. you enjoyed enough that if you haven't read the book, you go out and read it. Yeah. So, so do you like this book, Morgan? I actually really enjoyed this book. The mm-hmm. only other book I've read by Shirley Jackson was in high school, and that was The Lottery. Oh, is that a short story? I think it's a short story. Uh, it's been a long time, but I remember reading it and it left an impression on me. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't re- read it, I highly recommend it. Um, That's the one where someone has to like be drawn for the lottery. You don't know what it is for until the end when like they get stoned to death. I think, so I probably should have reread this if we're going to talk <laughs> about it, but I think they know what's coming and that's oh, part okay. of the struggle. Okay. Um, well, the reader, I'm not sure the reader does. At least right. I, in high school, when I read it too, I was confused through most of it. And then you kind of realize what they're, what right. they're doing I, about midway through. I would say if you don't get a chance to read it for part of school reading, um, <laughs> if you're school aged, uh, definitely read it on your own. It's, it's great. So this was my second Shirley Jackson thing that I read. And what stuck with me was not so much the characters, but... Shirley Jackson's description of the house actually Mm. made me feel uneasy. The events within the home never made me feel uneasy. The description of the house is actually what made me uneasy. The spiral staircase and the library. And I remember there's parts where they say like everything was just off-centered a little bit. Like just the way the house was described, I did not want to be in that house. Mm. It felt weirdly confining even yeah. though it was a grand property at the same time. Yeah. And there was, like, creepily, there's they also get served, like, lunch from, <laughs> like, like meals from their uh, servants. And, you know, they're talking about even, like, the kitchen and the curves of the kitchen and how everything's, like, laid out on the, on the table, like a banquet kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, not, like, lush and lavish, but you just, I, I get the same sense as you. Like, everything's just a little bit off. Yeah, and, you know, I like my horror. I like, you know, I can do blood, guts, gore. Great. <laughs> you know, to the point of absurdity is, to me sometimes even funny and enjoyable but what always gets me with heart is more this type of stuff is the uneasiness the stuff that kind of oh that doesn't sit well with me the the scene that stands out most to me is when Eleanor and Theodora um are in their bedroom and 
you know, uh, they're, they're holding hands or at least Eleanor thinks that they're holding hands. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and she squeezes the hand tighter and tighter and then wakes up and Theodore is not there. Whose hand was I holding? <laughs> and she like screams out and it's, it's just this moment that takes me back to my childhood when I feel like there were moments that I was scared that I thought I was on stable ground and you wake up and you're like, hold up, why am I on the floor? Uh, or you're hanging halfway <laughs> out of the bed. It's kind of like that whole, you don't sleep with your foot sticking out of your yeah. blanket or your hands sticking out because something might grab it and yeah. you don't know what it is. Something could be under the bed. Like mm -hmm. that, this is just <laughs> that, this is that book that something might be under the bed. The, that shaking that you hear, mm -hmm. the, the cracks in the wall, the whisperings that are kind of out of your, your consciousness, they all, they all exist, they all might mean something. And then that's the other theme that people can take from this book is how much of this was the house versus how much yes. of it was, especially with the character, in my opinion, Eleanor's head, because clearly throughout the mm -hmm. book, it's kind of through her lens and things get more and more um, twisted, twisted, yes. um, not making sense. Well, Eleanor from the very beginning is set up as a slightly unstable character. I would call her childish to yes. a degree as far as her interpretation of things. Very childish, but mm -hmm. the weird thing is she's not a she's not a child. She's isn't she in her like twenties? She's a she's 30s? a what we would call a full grown woman. Yeah, but she, so she has no reason to be childish except that she you kind of get the sense that she was like babied and kind of kept herself in in a shell. But then she also became a caretaker. Yeah, and you know, with the way her mom treated her at mm -hmm. that as well, you know that can affect your stability as well which I think shows up later yeah so she's she the narrative starts when she's leaving home after her mother dies right mm -hmm. and so she has really no one and nowhere to be yep and she mentions that like yeah. she steals her sister's car <laughs> and like takes off Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm knowing where she's going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's freedom for her. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, that doesn't last too long. Yeah, but for everybody else in the house, they're doing this haunted house thing, uh, you know, for, for different reasons, but you sort of get the sense that they all know it's a temporary sort of challenge to themselves. It's like summer camp. But for Eleanor, it's it's real. This is like the first real family that she's felt like she's yes. had. And in parts of the book, I feel like she definitely feels like that. Like, this is home now, and mm -hmm. these people are my kin, and yeah. yay. And Theodora is like my sister, and Dr. Montague is like my father. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so she, she forms a family out of these people, and you sort of get the sense that, like, they're her, like, to her, she, they're the family, but they all don't really treat her as part of their family. So, but, yeah. Should we talk about the ending? I don't um, know. Should we skip ahead to the end? <laughs> well, like, when we were talking about, um, I would say Eleanor's 
fragile mental state that you can see, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, to a degree, you start seeing it, ah, that's it, deteriorate. Yes. <laughs> um, the doctor says at one point, in an atmosphere like this, one can find out the flaws and faults and weaknesses in all of us and break apart in the matter of days. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you find that this is true. Eleanor and Theodora kind of yeah. quarrel a bit over oh, yeah. Luke. Yeah. And there's parts where Eleanor tells lies. And she takes but that everything was to fit so in, personally. I think. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. And that's the other thing. She does. She takes everything to heart, everything personally. Mm-hmm. And I think that was part of her frustration with Theodora is that she kind of doesn't. She just kind of... I got Theodore is a very... Theodore is a very, like, whimsical, artsy kind mm-hmm. of... Like you said, oh, this is, like, fun. Summer camp. Yeah. <laughs> Theodore is very self-assured. She's a very modern selfish. woman. Selfish. I would yeah. say she's also a little selfish. Sure, sure. Yeah, but she she is not as a... She's not very aware of how she's affecting Eleanor's feelings, I don't, I don't think. I think there's parts in the book yeah, where she, she totally is. does. Like, mm-hmm. when she accuses her of being the one that writes things on the walls. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And, I mean, with that, why do you think she accuses? Well, you know, maybe this is a controversial reading, but... This is my reading, so I'm going to stick to it. I think Eleanor does write those things on the wall. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, with the house, you know, okay, theory time. I think that Eleanor is truly the only haunted being in that house. And I've seen looking up, like, rereading things, like, that interpretation as well, is it's nobody else but pretty much her. Yeah. And if there is like a way in which the house is haunted the house is haunted by people and so Eleanor being such a haunted young woman she is actually possessing the house rather than the house doing these things like a poltergeist or more just it's her actions and her thoughts causing the reactions of other people very much the house is so I mean like you said the house is a little bit off kilter the house in so many um, film representations, sort of looks almost like a person. Like, you know how a house can look like a person with its, like, windows for eyes and everything? Well, that's what they talk about in the book. Yeah. Okay, well, okay, I'm not making it up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think the house is like a person, and Eleanor possesses the house like she's a ghost possessing a person. I don't know if that counts as a poltergeist or not. (laughs) Different. But, but if she's, if there's magical things going on, I think it's because she's making them happen or because she's just doing them and not realizing it, you know, you know, it's like she, she's, she's obviously not a hundred percent there all the time. So she has like moments where she doesn't really remember things or like knows where, like how she got there. So, you know. It could be her doing all these things. What about, was it the one room that I think they described could have been a nursery? Yes. Being cold. Mm-hmm. How would you explain if it's not the house, it possibly being her? Well, there's parts of my house that are cold. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of the haunting of Hill House when I, when I first moved into this house. Like, so we're recording this in my, in my new house and I've really tried hard not to, like, 
think about the possibility of this house being haunted. It was built in like 1923. And so like we're talking 80 years old house. This is, this is it. (laughs) (laughs) And in the uh, upstairs in my office, there's this deep, deep, deep closet, like a closet that is like, I don't know, 15 feet deep. It's like a ridiculously deep closet. And whenever I walk by that room, I hear like a little creaking that sort of sounds like a little girl's voice that creeps me out. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. But that's probably in my head. I'm, I'm the Eleanor Hopefully. of this situation. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, yes. So, like you were saying, talking about the ending, like, let's get there. Let's so, get there. we, throughout the book, be it her mental state deteriorating or the house basically contributing to what looks like to be only her mental state deteriorating. Mm-hmm. The ending. The ending. Well, there's two pieces for me. Spoil it for to, everyone. To signify like, okay, we're there. She's done. <laughs> <laughs> Was, I think it's the library. Yes. When she goes all the way up the rickety the spiral, spiral staircase, staircase. Which always creeped me out. Which. And it's like shaking back and forth. Yes. That made me a little unnerved. I was afraid for her. Yes. Um, she gets to the top. And you know the inevitable could happen. Mm-hmm. And they end up basically rescuing her. Yeah. Down from these steps. That was my first, she's gone. Yeah. She's totally gone. But for me, when she left the house, because uh, isn't it they pretty much kick her out? Yeah. They're like, no, they're like, you're, you're crazy pants. This is done. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. They're like, you need to leave. We're done. Um, as she's driving away, I had a very pleasant, because I knew nothing about this book. Other than I should read it. Mm-hmm. Um, great plot twist. Didn't see it coming. Yes. Um, I feel like the Tell staircase balcony thing was the she's gone. And then her driving off. So she basically gets told, you're done. You need to leave. Mm-hmm. She leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, she takes the car. Doesn't Theodore, like, forgive her, too? Or... I. Th- Sorry, guys. A little rusty. Like, they actually all say goodbye to her and kind of... I kind of feel like respect her fragile state. Yeah. Um, She leaves. She drives in the car. And as she's leaving, she's having thoughts. And she basically ends her life. Do you want me to read that? Like, it's just one... Basically, yeah. one sentence. This, this will, like, sum it up for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, she starts... um, talking to herself she says like <laughs> go away Eleanor she chanted out loud go away Eleanor we don't want you anymore not in our hill house go away Eleanor you can't stay here but I can she sang so she's like speaking in multiple voices she, with what she perceived as quick cleverness she pressed her foot down hard on the accelerator they can't run fast enough to catch me this time she thought but by now they must be beginning to realize this I, I wonder who re- notices first Luke almost certainly so she's she's like the, the narration gets very internal my, monologue mm-hmm. and you see her press her foot on the accelerator and just go because she now wants to be part of the house and they can't catch her, they can't stop her. Before it was only like a test run. <laughs> yeah. So that's the thing. Like, 
is it the house possessing her to do it or has she finally made that descent and then she ends with why don't they stop me and that's it so yeah is it her final like she crashes into a tree yeah is that her final like mental break and why isn't anybody stopping me slightly for attention or is it did the house truly possess her and now she's part of the house that's the big ambiguity. Is she possessed by the house or is she, you know, was mm-hmm. she unhinged from the beginning? It Like to, to a degree, like, yeah, you can make that argument. Like, I want to make Luke notice me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put my foot on the gas. I'm putting my foot on the gas. Oh, no, no one's come. Oh, tree. <laughs> yeah. You know, kind of she, by the time she realized it was too late, it was too late. Yeah. yeah. Or was it the house going... I want to absorb you now. You are now one of the many things causing the many incidents. And you're the most susceptible one because you're naive. And so let's take you. Let's pick off the weak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Both valid interpretations. And I think that's why like this has such um, draw for people. like Because it has such ambiguity in the end. And I call it ambiguity because it has like just very distinct paths of interpretation. But I don't know. What do you think? I I kind of took it as she went a little nuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the house played... I think she was a little unstable going in. I think the house maybe was truly haunted and made her kind of... Uh, kind of finalized her and yeah. is what caused her descent into madness. Like, I think the house pulled her to go mm-hmm. up those stairs. But I think the decision would have been hers. And I think at the end, that's why it was a, mm-hmm. like that last thought. Why don't they stop Why me? don't they stop me? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's her final, like she kind of snaps out of it a little bit and then it's too uh, late. Ah, great. So we have two different interpretations here. What mm-hmm. do you guys think, readers? <laughs> yeah, take a chance. Read the book. Um, it's like, a, it's, it's not, in my opinion, the book was not scary. Um, no, I definitely it was read. Creepy. I definitely read much worse. Um, it's not. Yeah. But it made gory. me feel unsettled. Yeah. Um, Shirley Jackson's description of the house alone, I did not like, and I mean that in the best way possible. <laughs> I did not like reading any time she took the few sentences to describe things being off like a quarter inch. Yes. And just and it wasn't like the oh it's oh it's off a quarter inch. It was the house itself. Um, the events that happened in the house did not scare me. They did, however, make me think, is this lady nuts? This is not like a, the, the classic, like, you know, murderer with a, with a weapon running around the house. No. It's not, it's not that. It's, it's figuring out, like, constantly, what are we supposed to be afraid of? So it's that old, you know, you're most afraid of what you don't know, right? And it's also about the people what oh. little you get about the people it's also about the yeah. people that are in the house and their personalities and how they're dealing with each other so maybe this isn't about death at all oh mm. it's how we treat each other yeah <laughs> yeah let's <laughs> let's end it there <laughs> and i will say um i read this book like with many interruptions in a week um i found it a very quick very enjoyable read oh yeah it's very digestible. It's very digestible. I read it around Halloween. It was perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely suggest it. So if you have any 
questions, comments, queries, you can find us on coffin underscore talk on Instagram. I will probably post a picture of this book and then feel free to discuss away in the comments. Uh, we also have a Facebook page, Coffin Talk. You can find us on there as well. Feel free to comment about this book, what you thought. You can even tell us what you think about our thoughts on this topic. Yeah, give us your interpretation. Yeah, the great thing about books is you might not interpret it the same way we do. I mean, both of us sitting here have different <laughs> ideas of what happened. They're both valid. They're both valid. <laughs> yes, and yours is too. Oh, yep. <laughs> so let us know what you think. Um, if you enjoy these little book series, uh, we will continue to do them. We have a couple in mind that we're thinking, including uh, Portrait of Dorian Gray oh, yes. by Oscar Wilde. Um, we might do the book Stiff, which is oh, yeah. very popular by Mary Roach. If you have not read any Mary Roach, I'm just going to tell you this now. So fun. She takes very interesting topics and makes them so readable and so fun. She brings like a, a very analytical eye to everyday things. Yes. Um, so those are just some books we're playing around with, possibly doing. Um, we might do some movies from time to time as well. So stay tuned. Um, and these will come out kind of in between our normal episodes. It's just kind of quick little digestible things to snack on. And with that, have a great day, weekend, month, year, wherever you are. And we will see you soon. Bye.